Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It is Wednesday, September 4th. And live from the Chicago Sun-Times, Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, Ben Jarofsky's playing in pain, baby! <laughs> yeah. We welcome back host of Humanity in the Headlines, Atiba Buchanan, and we welcome to our Chicago Sun-Times, Chicago Reader Studio, The Mortgage Man, David Hochberg! Now your host, not a mortgage man, <laughs> Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Uh, hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. Yes, indeed. As Dennis said, we're calling this Playing in Pain Wednesday. Isn't that the day it is Wait, today? Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, buddy. And here's why. All right, everybody. So I got up nice and early today because you know what? I knew I had to go to the doctor. I had to go to the doctor. I had, we talked about this about two weeks ago because I went to the doctor the first time to get this thing diagnosed. They had discovered some basal cell uh, growth on my nose. That's a form of cancer that's uh, non-lethal. So that's the good news. All right. So I figured out, uh, you that's know. That's great news. Yeah, that is great news. And so they say, well, you know, they come in, they'll take it off. I figure I'd be in and out. No big deal. Because the last time when they did the little test, I was in and out. I had a delicious breakfast, as I recall, at the restaurant next door. Uh, so anyway, I rode, rode my bike in there and I go into the doctor's office, uh, the, the the room, the patient room, whatever it is, the procedural room. The doctor walks in, sees my bike helmet and goes, you didn't ride your bike, did you? And I said, yeah, I rode my bike. And the doctor said, well, that's the stupidest thing you could have done. No, the doctor was way too nice to say that. And then, But she just said, you're not going to be able to ride your bike home. I said, well, I thought this was in and out easy. Uh-uh. And sure enough, man, next thing you know, they took out this needle. It was about this long. Just put it in my nose. I'd say this was on my nose. Yeah, it's on my nose. They put that in my nose. Oh, wow. feel really good from the, from the painkiller and that thing. Uh, do you need a little more painkiller? Oh, yeah, I think I'll have a little more painkiller. Put that thing in there. Then they took out this, like, uh, I don't know, it was like a knife or something. And they start whacking things off. And then, uh, ah. Oh, that had a better way to say that. <laughs> so then they said, all right, here, show it to you. And there was like this big hole in my nose. I'm like, good God. So they said, all right, now we're going to have to stitch it up. So, um, they took out a needle and a little th- thread or whatever it was. It wasn't thread. It was stitches. And I think they brought out a Singer sewing machine. And at some point, I felt like this liquid stuff was coming oh, down my face. Lord. That was blood. Oh, my God, dude. I'm like, God, I thought this was just some oh. in and out. Uh-uh. You're doing really well. They you know, I always oh. tell you, oh, how you doing there? Oh, good. And yeah. Just so everybody knows, I told Ben, hey, dude, if you don't want to do the show, we don't have to, all right? I'm not like... Come on, Ben. Get right. your ass in here. So then I called Dennis. I go, Dennis, I don't know if I could do the show. And he said, boy, if you don't come oh, in here, yeah, I'm going right. to smack you upside your head. Yes, sir. <laughs> I did not say 
say that. <laughs> then I got a problem. What do I do with my bike? That's a whole other issue. <laughs> <laughs> I will be riding Ben's bike home this evening. <laughs> anyway, uh, so then the doc says, okay, we'll put some bandages on. Well, they didn't tell me they're going to make me look like the invisible man. You know, yeah. they put so many bandages on. And now I'm wearing these shades because I got black eyes. When they do this to you, it's like, Black eyes. You Wait, know? where'd you go? Oh, there you are. Yeah, yeah. So, the, oh, I get it. Subtle, invisible man. Yeah. Or uh, as uh, uh, some of our older listeners would know, I look like Jack Nicholson in Chinatown. Jack Nicholson goes to Chinatown for most of the Chinatown with this thing on his nose. But our younger listeners are like, huh, who, what? Great movie, by the way. I urge everyone. Well, to as he it. was telling our guests, he told the older guest that he looks like Jack Nicholson. And then he <laughs> called a younger guest and told the younger guest that he looks like the invisible man. Yeah, Just to make sure that our guests. Are aware. Yeah, I'm trying, you know, even woozy like I am. So then they gave me all some some drugs. I don't know what it is. And that's like, whoa. You know, I'm, I'm just, that's feeling no pain moment here. And I was like, ah, maybe I won't do the show. But then I was reading about how uh, the Bears unveiled a statue the great Walter Payton. I'm a huge Bears fan. I don't really talk about the Bears as much as I talk about the Bulls, and Dennis doesn't let me talk about either one, although we got Hockberg coming in at 2.30. Maybe sneak some sports talking with my good friend David Hockberg. But anyway, so I'm like, uh, you know, I'm reading about the great Walter Payton, and for you younger listeners out there, Walter Payton is the greatest running back who ever played the game. He was fearless. He wasn't that tall or big, but he was so strong. He played with such heart. He never played hurt. I mean, he never took a day off, played in pain. He played with sickness i remember uh 1977 he rushed for like 290 yards against the minnesota vikings with a fever and i'm like you know what in honor of sweetness i'm going in today because sweetness wouldn't take the day off you hear that d walter payton would play in pain so i'm gonna go in there all right you guys jobs are pretty different <laughs> but Nobody's trying to tackle He's me. He's like colliding with humans. <laughs> oh, hey, my you know, God. I like where your head's at. Uh, anyway, but the, the other thing the lady said, that the, the doctor said, oh, by the way, you're going to have to wear this Band-Aid till Friday. So I got this thing on tomorrow. <laughs> I'm walking around. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny when you walk around with something like this, D, because people don't really know what to say to you. So they kind of. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't say anything to you. If they yeah. don't know you, yeah. they definitely don't know what to say. Yeah. And so some people like just, you know, well, I'm just not going to comment on the But isn't that the funny? Obvious. People who actually know you can go, what the hell? <laughs> what happened to your nose? Anyway, man, so I, I popped these pills. I'm feeling uh, a little woozy right now. Uh, Dennis asked me right before the show, uh, are you ready? And I go, well, we'll see. <laughs> and I guess that kind of sums it up, folks. We'll see what will emerge from the fog. Uh, but uh, we have some great guests, as Dennis said, Atiba Buchanan, good friend of the show. Uh, we're talking Trump, national politics, and David Hockberg, the mortgage man. He'll be coming in here uh, at, uh, in about an hour or so. We'll be talking mortgages, politics, uh, development. The guy uh, knows a lot about development in the city of Chicago. And uh, maybe uh, talk about the great Walter Payton a little bit with him. A lot of political talk ahead of us. But first, the doctor with the news. How's it going, everybody? I am not a doctor like that last... <laughs> story he was telling not a doctor that lady's a doctor i'm not a doctor before we get going into the news let's ben i got it zoomed out so no one can see it but oh, just to give everybody a good look there it is ben <laughs> what a trooper dude dude i got mad respect for you for coming in today you, man. you know That's the worst awesome. part's when the painkillers wear off oh my god oh. i hope i'm long I hope i'm long gone away yeah. from you when that happens yeah. tomorrow by the way i still have this tomorrow i will still have this oh. two days of this 
whatever. Let's go, buddy. I'm into it. All right, here we go. Let's <laughs> unpack the Chicago and or Illinois news happening this afternoon. We begin with the governor's Wednesday plans. No public events scheduled for Governor J.B. Pritzker. And that's because our Illinois governor, J.B. Pritzker, is on crutches. Vinny mm. he broke his femur. He's, <laughs> he's playing in pain, too. Oh, my goodness. But <laughs> if any of you out there believe that being hurt is going to slow down the hardest working governor in America, well, you are sorely mistaken. See what I did there? Sorely? Yeah, that's good. I like Pretty that. good. Yeah. At least that's what his administration says. Ben, you'll appreciate this. According to the Chicago Sun-Times, while injured, Pritzker has been spending a lot of time talking on the phone. Ben, you love talking yeah, on the I phone. Do. I, I hear you complain every day. Yeah. Oh, man, no one talks on the phone anymore. Yeah, Text, man. email, man. <laughs> you care to share with our audience this afternoon about you uh, hating modern-day communication? Well, it's. Uh, let me put it to you this way. After a while, just texting becomes so burdensome. You know, like you got You can't just do it like one little text, then it's two, and then it's three, then it's four. And the millennials are really quick on it. I'm slow. Forget that. I'm just going to call the person on the phone. Then they don't answer the phone. I go, I know you're there. You've been texting me, but now you're not answering the phone. Millennials don't like to answer the phone. So I'm with Pritzker on that. Pritzker, by the way, is a baby boomer. He's just a little younger than me, but he's up there. So he doesn't want to text. Get on that phone. Yeah. Direct communication. You know, D, because you hear me every day before the show. I call the guests. And sometimes the guests like, oh, no, I'm going to talk to you in the studio no, in an hour. You'll call the guest, the voicemail belonging to. <laughs> Oh man, no one answers their phone, dude. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a talk to the guy on the phone kind of guy. The Sun Times article continues: Pritzker's hobbling around on crutches after breaking his femur. Boy, I'd like to see a picture of JB Pritzker right now and Ben Jarosky <laughs> just side by side. Oh, they've seen better days. Pritzker's hobbling around on crutches after breaking his femur, and he's spending a lot of time on the phone, including with Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Now remember, everyone, last week, Lightfoot put a lot of political pressure on the governor uh, in her speech about the city's finances. Now in this story, we have two quotes, all right? Mayor Lightfoot's spokeswoman, the other... Governor Pritzker's spokeswoman. First up, Lori Lightfoot and spokesman or spokeswoman Anel Ruiz. Anel Ruiz says the mayor's office said Governor Pritzker and Mayor Lightfoot shared a quote productive discussion late last week about ways to work together to address the shared challenges and opportunities facing our state and Chicago's communities. All right, we'll take it. I mean, no details at all, really, but hey, I will take a productive discussion about ways to work together over in unproductive, combative discussion any day. You know what I mean, Ben? Mm -hmm. Now to Governor Pritzker, spokeswoman Emily Bittner. Bittner said that the governor and the mayor, quote, have productive conversations regularly. Mm. And they spoke again late last week. And as the mayor works to build support for her ideas among legislative leaders and rank and file lawmakers, the governor expects that they will continue to have productive conversations. All right. Also not bad. A little more wordy statement saying the same thing. But once again, no exact details on what was discussed. But we have learned that the two have regular discussions. Ben Jarofsky, in your humble opinion, have the Illinois governor and Chicago mayor been acting as a cohesive unit like these statements claim? Or are these spokespeople full of crap? Well, <laughs> I wouldn't go so far as to say uh, the latter, but uh, Lori Lightfoot needs things from J.B. Pritzker that he might not be able to deliver at this moment. Uh, number one, uh, she wants a change in the pension law so that she can, oh, excuse me, in the casino law that so she could woo a casino to the city of Chicago. And it's not clear if uh, uh, Pritzker can deliver on that. Uh, she probably, she hinted in her uh, budget speech, or was it her state of the 
city speech that you might want some changes in the pension laws and or some assistance from the state in uh, uh, in paying the pension bills that Chicago has and paying their obligations. I don't think uh, he is going uh, to deliver on that. Uh, then there's the uh, transfer tax on the sale of real estate for uh, upscale real estate, and she needs a state uh, a law to pass uh, in in downstate in in the general assembly for that. I think he could probably get that through, although that may be a little tough uh, in the in the veto session. So. There's things she needs from him that I'm not sure he can deliver at the moment. Uh, and it's going to put her in a very awkward situation as we head into this budget uh, season, D, because she's going to be counting on money from the state or uh, to uh, pay off the bills. And, well, listen, when it comes to budgets, even if the money is not coming in, they count it anyway. And then they just deal with the reality that the money didn't arrive uh, about six months down the road when they say, oops, those projections we made of money coming from the state didn't come true so now our deficit is even higher than we thought so i guess they could play uh, uh that game here's the interesting thing about Lori and pritzker and i just came home yesterday when we had uh, uh carlos ramirez rosa in the studio a uh, alderman of the 35th ward as you know d hey how about that those painkillers haven't indulged my ability to there know where you are. Yeah. Well, where he's from. Uh, but uh, Carlos <laughs> was in here, and he is a self-proclaimed democratic socialist. Uh, he is of the leftist persuasion, progressive persuasion. Uh, and he did not endorse Lori Lightfoot in the uh, mayoral race. He was a supporter of Tony Preckwinkle. He was very measured, I thought, uh, in his statements. Carlos was. He didn't didn't make any personal attacks on Lori and uh, spoke very well of her. And uh, even though they have sort of these policy uh, differences but the thing he said that was interesting d he was showering praise on pritzker and brandon johnson did the same thing cook county board commissioner brandon johnson did the same thing so you know pritzker is being held up by all the progressives in chicago as the model they want Lori lightfoot to follow it's very interesting that many i i can't i know none of these progressives endorsed pritzker uh in the primary back in 2018 and they certainly didn't endorse your guy bob diver but um but now they're singing his praise so i may probably irritate Lori a little bit if i know Lori Lightfoot. you know they all say great things about pritzker but they don't say anything nice about her it's kind of like a, a passive aggressive way if you will of letting uh people know that they're not entirely pleased uh with Lori lightfoot oh jb pritzker would like to weigh in i'm not a perfect person <laughs> no but he's been a good governor you know what i'm gonna give uh praise where praise is due he's been he's off to a pretty good start in my humble opinion i agree with carlos and brandon on that one. All right, more statewide news to discuss. We have an Illinois reefer update. Ooh. Remember, starting in January. Boy, right. I could smoke some reefer okay. right now. Okay, <laughs> let's focus here, pal. You got any edibles? My uh, God, no. Uh, you got those okay. ibuprofens? Oh, they, don't, yeah, they don't quite do the trick. Uh, we have an Illinois reefer update. No, Ben's not smoking any right now <laughs> remember starting in january recreational marijuana will be legal in illinois mm -hmm. and now is the time for our illinois town cities and counties to decide what on earth they're going to do about all this reefer madness yeah. i have a few updates on some cities in illinois and their recent conclusions on cannabis first up we travel to the downstate 618 area code in Edwardsville, Illinois, a city where a young producer dentist attended college yeah. and dropped out <laughs> like after a year. It was oh, really yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah, I remember you were good at one college, but not the other one. Yeah, as I recall, really right? good at radio school in community college. <laughs> okay. Then actual college came. Yeah. It's like, holy crap, this is hard. Yeah, Edwardsville's no joke. <laughs> I think I quit. I quit, guys. Yeah. Uh, in a split vote. 
Three to three, the city council in Edwardsville, Illinois, failed to pass an ordinance Tuesday to prohibit the sale of recreational cannabis within city limits. Edwardsville's next steps will be to amend the city's tax code to permit these sales and start working on zoning regulations to define where within city limits such shops will be. Wait, allowed. I don't understand. So it was a split vote not to immediately legalize. So they have to go through these other procedures to, before they can go back and have another vote. Is that correct? I believe so here all right it says here the uh, split vote three to three city council in edwardsville failed to pass an ordinance to prohibit the sale of recreational cannabis. oh to prohibit the sale yeah, i get yeah. you to prohibit the sale so that they can move ahead oh man that so i can just imagine what went down in that vote folks uh if i if politicians in edwardsville are the same as politicians elsewhere they were wheeling and dealing behind the scenes okay if you i can't vote yes on this thing because it'll make me look like a hippie or something in my uh you know uh uh, Trump district. So here's what I want. I'll vote no, but you vote yes, and we'll balance each other out. That kind of thing was probably going on because three to three, uh, the vote was to prohibit. So <laughs> they uh, they they move forward by rejecting the pro, uh, prohibition. Listen, folks, you know I've been saying this forever and ever. Uh, this notion that somehow or other Republicans don't like marijuana is a big joke. Downstate or that downstaters don't like marijuana is a big joke. But they have to cling to this myth they, oh, yeah. they they've like gone this far with it so they just got to go a little further with it so uh yeah edwardsville wants the money <laughs> just like every other community wants the money uh that you get from uh, selling reefer so uh they had to go with this little charade of the three to three vote on the prohibition that's uh politics uh edwardsville style republicans don't smoke marijuana they never met my uncle bill <laughs> No, man. They smoke it. They just pretend they don't smoke it. From Edwardsville to Woodstock, Ooh, Illinois. Woodstock. Ben, tell us your memories of Woodstock, Illinois. Have you been? Uh, well, I think I was in Woodstock once. There, I think there was like a pumpkin festival or something in Woodstock. I, I remember pumpkins. Something about pumpkins. He remembers somewhere. pumpkins, guys. And uh, I do know that Woodstock is um, the home of uh, Orson Welles, the great movie maker, Citizen Kane. I think Orson Welles was born in Woodstock. And uh, speaking of marijuana, uh, Woodstock is up in New York where they had the big festival. How about that, D? Oh, yeah. yeah. So Woodstock. Really, yeah, Woodstock. You were like 40 during uh, the original <laughs> Woodstock, right? Yeah, no, I think it was 48. Ah. By the time I got to Woodstock, I was feeling pretty good. He's really old, guys. From Edwardsville to Woodstock, the Woodstock <laughs> City Council approved an ordinance on Tuesday establishing a 3% tax on the gross sales receipts of recreational marijuana retailers. Uh, the council voted 5-1 to one in favor of the uh, in favor of the proposal with council member David Flynn voting against it. You want to hear the quote from Flynn? Or yeah, let's hear what Flynn has to say. I want to see why he uh, voted no. Go ahead. All right, here's the quote from Flynn. Uh-huh. It's a new industry and it's a new business and we have to show that we are open for business. Wait, I thought the vote was the, the, the medication has really been kicking in with the vote five to one to approve or five to one to reject. The Woodstock City Council approved an ordinance on Tuesday, establishing a three percent tax on the gross sales receipts of recre- or recreational. Marijuana so they're going to tax it. Yeah. All right. And so why? Why is he objecting to that? I don't get it. I don't know. Flynn. <laughs> I don't get what Flynn's talking about. Maybe it's the pain pills I've been taking. It doesn't make any sense. It's a new business. What did he say? It's a new business, and we have to show that we are open for business. Oh, so is he saying that the tax is too high? I don't know. Damn, I never. That would be wild. The whole point of legalizing is to tax it. 
you know, at least, you know, in the minds of, I think they should have just legalized it because it's so hypocritical to have it illegal. But if you're going to have it legal, you might as well tax it. So anyway. All right. Moving on to St. Charles. Oh, St. Charles. Illinois. Now, I know a little bit about St. Charles. Dude. Oh, really? Uh, St. Charles, Illinois is where the juvenile detention, I don't know if they still there, still is there, but when I was a kid, 442 years ago, there was the juvenile detention. So if you were bad, you would go to St. Charles. Because we always talk about, you know, you better, uh, you know, better act straight or we're going to send you to St. Charles. In fact, they made a movie set in St. Charles with Sean Penn. Did you know that? I believe it's called Bad Boys. I'm not making this up. It could be the pills kicking in. But there was a movie, I think, in like, late 70s early 80s with sean penn he played a a a tough he went to they sent him to saint charles so anyway that's all i know about saint charles holy cow saint charles the government operations committee in saint charles voted five to three monday to implement a three percent municipal cannabis retailers occupation tax starting next year that would tack on to an existing two percent local sales tax meaning saint charles will collect 5% of gross recreational marijuana sales pending city council approval. Under the current law, the city can implement a local tax of up to 3% beginning September 1st, 2020. Yeah, see, that's what I was saying. They slapped that additional tax on to make more money for the town. If you're going to legalize marijuana, if you're going to sell marijuana, they're going to tax you for it. They're going to make some money off of it. I think old boy in uh, Woodstock was complaining that the tax was too high. Uh, anyway, so uh, that that's uh, that's an interesting take on the marijuana tax, but yeah, hey, that's why they legalized it. D, they they want the money. All right, so they're gonna get the money. On to Urbana, Illinois. Oh. Ben, what do you think about Urbana? Any uh, memories? Any thoughts? Uh, I have. Uh, that's the one town I have been. I was in Champaign, Urbana. That's of course Champaign, Urbana. We visited the uh, University of Illinois. I saw Bruce Springsteen play down there once. Ooh, How about that? That's all right. He's one of your favorites. Oh, he's not. And uh, Carol Ammons, the great Carol Ammons. State Representative Carol Ammons is from uh, Champaign-Urbana. It's a pretty cool town, pretty liberal town. Isn't Roger Ebert the the, the greatest uh, film critic of all times? Frank, where are you? Yeah, uh, Chicago Sun-Times superstar Roger Ebert. May he rest in peace, the great Roger Ebert. Uh, one of the greatest journalists, I think, in the history of Chicago. I, I believe he's from Urbana, but don't quote me. Urbana, Illinois. Anyone who buys cannabis for recreational purposes in Urbana when it becomes legal January 1st can add another 3% yeah, tax that money on. Yep. to the total bill. Mm-hmm. And then there's Grandpa Naperville. <laughs> Naperville. All right, here you go, D, for 10 trivia points. Which recently elected congressman is from Naperville? Ice Cube. Oh. <laughs> I, I kind of tricked you by saying Congresswoman, it should be Congresswoman Lauren Underwood. Oh, I was going to say that, and then you said man, and then oh. I kind of was playing with you. If I said uh, Congresswoman, it would have been a dead giveaway, all right? Even on medication, he's a tricky man. <laughs> I should have said Congressperson. Naperville City Council members voted late Tuesday night to prohibit sales of recreational marijuana, but also expressed support for a plan to let voters revisit the topic Uh, with a future ballot question. Slow down, time! (laughs) Naperville. That's called a duck and a dodge, D. Council members voted six to three to ban all types of recreational marijuana businesses and to ask staff members to develop the language of a referendum question, which they can consider putting on a later ballot. 3C, compassionate 
Care Center, a medical marijuana dispensary in Quince, on, on Quincy Avenue, will be allowed to continue its med- medical operation, but is not permitted to sell the drug for recreational use at its Naperville, uh, Naperville shop or any other site in town. All right, so they're going to put it uh, on the ballot. That should uh, drive up uh, voter turnout, right? Don't you Don't you think? Uh, people turn out for that. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a bit of a duck and a dodge. You know, well, yeah. but then again, maybe it's democracy speaking. How about that? I guess neighbor, I'm going to look on the, the glass uh, half full there as opposed go. to glass half empty. Naperville is showing Chicago, uh, you know, how you do a referendum. Where's Pat Quinn when you need him? Or get out the clipboard and get the... Well, actually, they could probably put it right on the ballot so he doesn't collect signatures. But as you know, in, in the city of Chicago, we have an issue with voter referendums. Uh, the past mayors, uh, Daly and Rom, really Rom, uh, just didn't like them. I wanted to suppress them <laughs> because he was trying to uh, shove down our throats policies that we didn't want. Like uh, he did, he wanted a mayoral appointed school board, and the people of the city of Chicago want an elected school board. And of course, I still haven't quite got over this one, D. I don't think I ever will. Uh, Pat Quinn collected thousands and thousands of signatures to get a referendum on the Wait, ballot. you're telling me Pat Quinn collected thousands and thousands of signatures? Yes, he did. Shocking. Uh, Pat Quinn did indeed uh, uh, get, gather those signatures and to get on the ballot a referendum asking voters in the city of Chicago whether they wanted to uh, uh, limit the mayor to two terms in office. There was a vote. Uh, mayor uh, Mayor Rahm had his lawyers fight uh, that referendum, fight Quinn's ability to get it on the ballot. Uh, that matter is still under litigation. And so in the meantime, they're suppressing uh, the um, results. They won't tell us what the results were so for all i know and i'll bet you have money uh laid down a bed in vegas the people in the city of chicago voted to slap a two-term limit on their mayor but because of rom one more parting gift from rom and his litigation uh that uh we don't even know what the results were so naperville is trying to show the city of chicago i guess how democracy should work so if you want uh if naperville is that what they're called d Naperville-ians? Sure. sure. Uh, T.B. Buchanan, our next guest, is from that neck of the woods, maybe. And you got to put villains. If you say Naperville-ians, it oh, sounds like Yeah, Naperville-ians. Uh, you try saying that with uh, all the painkillers I've had. Uh, anyway, uh, Naperville-ians uh, will get to vote and decide for themselves. So I'm looking at the glass as half full, D. There we go. That'll last for about five minutes. Okay, so... <laughs> If you just tuned in, by the way, if you're joining us live, Ben uh, had a, went to the doctor today, and he's playing in pain, all right? Yeah. That's the real Ben Jarofsky, not someone in disguise, all right? <laughs> he's a champ, and he came in today, and we think he's awesome for it. All right, it's time to check in with Frank, Frank Gate. Frank has weighed in here. Uh, well, maybe it is the medication, Ben. Orson Welles was born in Kenosha, Wisconsin, oh. not Illinois. <laughs> I think he was born in Woodstock, Illinois. But uh, you know what, Frank? I always bother your wisdom. Frank, by the way, was uh, at the hideout last night, as was Mark Sims. I took a picture of them together. Uh, so anyway, Frank, I always bow to your wisdom, but uh, I'm going to double check that. <laughs> uh, even though I'm bowing to your wisdom at the moment. Wisdom, but not really. Yeah, no, you know, uh, what, did, uh, what did Reagan always say? Trust, but verify. So that's what I'm going to do. And you got this one right. Rob 
Roger Ebert is in fact from Urbana. Okay, I thought that. I go, okay, I got one out of two. One out of two ain't bad. Oh, no, please stop oh, I think it's two out of three ain't bad. Anyway. Yeah, it's not that at all. All right, uh, T. Boob Cannon has joined us. We're going to be going with him in moments, but I think this is an excellent way to segue into the national news here. Uh, let's talk about Mayor Lightfoot and her schedule. First off, Mayor Lightfoot uh, is giving a visit to Navy Pier to congratulate new and promoted CPD officers at their morning graduation ceremony. Then an afternoon trip to Douglas Park to give remarks at the Huddle for 100 NFL Neighborhood event. Ready, set, 2020. (laughs) (laughs) And tonight, she'll attend the budget town hall meeting at the Copernicus Mm -hmm. Center. Anything you'd like to say there, Ben? Uh, Yeah, I would be going there, except I think as soon as this show is over, I'm going to go to bed. Uh, The (laughs) Copernicus Center in Lawrence Avenue, uh, just uh, east of Milwaukee. And uh, there should be a pretty good crowd on there, on hands there uh, for her. The first budget. I would have loved to have been there tonight, but I think I'm going to take the night off. Yeah, I'd say you do that, too. All right, it was Tuesday's top story locally. The time Mayor Lightfoot Twitter kicked the hell out of Texas Senator Ted Cruz when bringing up Chicago in his gun control ran on Twitter. Lightfoot called Ted Cruz a coward and to, quote, keep our name out of your mouth. Ted Cruz eventually got up off the ground, dusted himself off, and responded, yes, on Twitter, saying, and I I think the way to do the Ted Cruz impression is to hold your nose. Ben, please do not try it. (laughs) Okay, I'll take care of the Ted Cruz. Cruz impression for today. <laughs> Mayor, your anger is misplaced. It's kind of Ted Cruzy, right? Yeah. <laughs> he then linked a USA Today story showing that Chicago had the most homicides among U.S. cities last year. He continued, Well, uh, maybe rather than getting angry when others point out that tragically high murder rate in Chicago, you put aside the partisan talking points and the failed gun control policy Chicago has pursued for decades. <laughs> Oh, boy. I, I got to uh, we're going to take a deeper dive in this when Atiba comes. I'd love to hear what he has to say about this. But it's so I talk about partisan talking. But this whole thing is a partisan talking point that's engineered by the Republicans. Now they're accusing Lori, uh, Lori of doing that. And just when you thought the squabble was squashed, Mayor Lightfoot spoke with the Chicago Tribune and one Gregory Pratt about the matter. Ben, please hold your thoughts on Gregory Pratt. We have to keep going here with the news. Here's the quote from Lightfoot. Quote. Given the tragedy that's happened in Texas over the last few weeks, tragedies plural, it's surprising to me that Senator Cruz would do anything other than work his butt off to better represent the citizens of Texas. I agree 100% uh, with Lori Lightfoot in that one. All right. Anything else you'd like to add there, Ben? Uh, nothing other than the fact that I'm looking forward to the conversation with Atibu Buchanan. Nice. I'm going to ask him, what he, ask him what he thinks about Ted Cruz. I'm sure he has some interesting things to say about that. All right, everybody. So there you are. That's what's going on locally. Ben, how you feeling? You feeling good? Uh, you know, it's kicking in, man. It's All kicking right. in. We still want to continue, right? Oh, yeah. Come on now. I'm Walter Payton. I'm oh. sweetness. Oh, yeah. He's sweetness. <laughs> All right. Well, good. We want to continue as well. All right. And hey, do you feel that in the air? Uh, I think it's a little Walter Payton-esque. Ah, yes, it is Walter Payton-esque. It's almost football season. We're days away from football season, which means that the best sports reporters in Chicago want to offer you, yes, you, the Ben Jarofsky Show listener, an exclusive deal on unlimited digital access to all of the stories that you love. Don't miss a game this season. Get all the big play scores and stories from the Chicago Sun-Times. For a limited time only, you, yes, you, the listener, can lock in our lowest rate yet, only $29.99 for a full year of all the news and sports that you need to know. Stay up to date on breaking stories. 
Get the deep dives and investigations from Suntime reporters and go deep inside City Hall with the best-in-class political reporting. And, of course, cheer for the big games with the best sports team in the city. $29.99 for a full year of unlimited access. You cannot do better than that. Take advantage of this exclusive deal now at suntimes.com forward slash Ben. People do not go anywhere. Because coming up after this short little break, a TV Buchanan is here, and we're going to talk Trump, Trump, and more Trump. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Did you know that 40% of the people in Illinois opt to be cremated? Well, it's true. And Chicagoland Cremation Options honors their wishes by providing cremation services directly to the general public. Chicagoland Cremation Options provides an affordable, ethical, and easy cremation arrangement, whether in person or online. Save thousands and streamline the process by going directly to Chicagoland Cremation Options. It's a family-owned business operated by my good friend, Douglas Klein. Here's how you reach them. ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. One more time. Chicago LandCremationOptions.com. Commercial break over. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Tebow Buchanan in the studio with us, a frequent guest on the Ben Jarofsky Show. Atiba, welcome back. Good afternoon, sir. Thank you for having me. And uh, it's good to see you because it's what I just saw you two days ago. Yeah, I, okay, I was right? just going to say, I was looking a little differently uh, two days ago. Wasn't you were, I, you were. I don't know what happened, but uh, go ahead. All right, so I'll just uh, do the setup. Uh, Tebow Buchanan, uh, it's been on my show. I I don't know how many times he's Mr. Trump. Well, literally not a Trump supporter, but he knows a lot about Trump and he follows national politics, uh, has a podcast with the great David Seaton, uh, who was also a frequent guest on my show. And uh, so they say, hey, Ben, let's return the favor. Uh, you were guest hosting at WVON the other day. That's right. And uh, so um, they called me up and said, hey, come on to the show. So it was uh, uh, it was Labor Day night at, at seven o'clock. Good yep. thing I checked in because I thought I know, it was right? eight o'clock. I would have been late. And I showed up. But we, we flipped it. Usually when you're on, you uh, we talk national politics. Right. But you had me uh, talking local politics. I could not think of a better guest. Yeah, well, thank you. And uh, so David and I, uh, I love David dearly, but he's a little to the right of me. Uh, sort just of mixed, a touch. Just a touch. We mixed, <laughs> it, we mixed it up a little bit uh, with local politics. All good. He'll be here on Friday, I think it is. The best part, Dennis, you you missed it. It was when Dennis goes to, uh, when um, Ben goes to David. Do you really think that? <laughs> <laughs> did I do that on the air? Yes, you did. <laughs> and when he said that, I was like, oh, man, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I said, do you really think that? Right. I mean, or is it just like, you know, you're doing it. If you're just doing it for the show, I get it. All right. right. But do you you really should have heard the tone. Of, I was like, wow. Okay. And, uh, and then it was kind of. That was, was like two minutes into the show. Uh, uh, and one thing I uh, liked about the, the live radio aspect of it was we got a text uh, in the middle of the show from uh, Stacey Davis Gates who was listening and then correcting me for something I said. You know, like, well, there you go. Uh, yeah, real time. Real baby. time. So yeah. I gave her a shout out. Uh, so anyway, when you heard that uh, Ted Cruz thing, I've been uh, ranting and railing about that. I got some thoughts. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Here, here's the deal. So 
we have these rash of shootings in Texas mm-hmm. and really across the country, but mm-hmm. a lot of them happening in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. These mass these mass shootings and the reflexive response by conservatives when something like that happens is to say, well, what about Chicago? Um, they do it, you know, from, from the president on down mm-hmm. to your, you know, your average Joe on Yahoo comments is the, the reflexive response is what about Chicago? And the reason they, they do that is because I'm not sure if you remember, uh, after the second mass shooting, Chris Rock, the comedian mm-hmm. he cracked a joke on Twitter and he said, you know what everyone says after these mass shootings? And they were like, what? And he put a picture of Betty White on the, on the screen. Y'all don't get it? Mm-mm. No. Betty White. Oh, Betty duh. White. Oh. Hey, man, I would have got it if it wasn't for the painkillers. <laughs> wow. I bet he's white. Right. Yeah. Right. right. One so, more time, D, explain it to me. I bet he's white. <laughs> and everybody lost their minds yeah. calling him racist, calling him whatever. But here's the thing. When, yeah. when, when, a, when a minority group. Wait, hold on. Before you go, and I just keep the thought, okay. I have to ask you this. Now, tell the truth. Yeah. Raise your hand. Did you get the joke right away? I did. Okay. Absolutely, I did. It was okay. hilarious. Okay. I was on the floor at home. I almost dropped my phone. Uh, so. It's a great joke. Right. But you, first of all, you have to know. Because it was just a picture of her. He yeah, you have, to, you have to know who Betty White is. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, but that is very good. That's why hilarious. Chris Rock is right. Chris Rock, and I am not. Go right. ahead. So, so one thing that we see with these mass shootings is, yeah. again, when a minority group commits something, then they do it because of their minority status and other minorities have to bear the brunt of, of the, of the results of that behavior and Caucasian or majority people do not suffer that. Mm -hmm. If a Caucasian person commits an atrocity nine times out of 10, it's because of mental illness, mental illness. They they get that card every time. And then you're not able to extrapolate that behavior more broadly into whiteness. If a black person does it, we can then, and black lives matter can have nothing to do with it. But then we got to have all these conversations about black culture, about black lives matter. And we don't have, so all these shooters are almost, it's almost a 20, 19 to 21 year old white guy that's really upset about something. Mm-hmm. And we're not able to talk about that pathology. And to avoid talking about that pathology, they, they're able to say, well, what about Chicago? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the root of what Ted Cruz was doing. Um, and then Lori Lightfoot, I have to give her a lot yeah, of credit. I Lori credit. Yeah. I, she was tough in that situation. Um, and and she, was able, she was able to combat him and then not speak so brazenly about race the way I just did. Yeah. Because she didn't really say anything about race. What she did say was, you can come to Chicago and we can talk about the real reasons. She, and she did talk about guns coming in from Indiana. Yeah. Um, but again, Ted Cruz's whole thing was really on the sly. Yeah, you, you worry about that in your black culture. That yeah. you, you fix that first before you start talking about Texas. Well, and the... Um Yes, there's absolutely that racial aspect, subterranean uh, racial aspect. And that's what's so brilliant about Chris Rock, because he does do it subterranean. Like, right, exactly. You know, with the Betty White, which went, my head. what? And then I love, I love the explanation. Uh, bet he went. Right, right. Oh, I see. Yeah, the we were light. like Mueller on that one. What page was that? Huh? <laughs> Who said that? Yeah, Mike <laughs> Mueller and that one. But but the uh, the the other subterranean or not so subterranean point he was making it was a, a defense of 
uh, not doing anything on gun control. Yep. And so this is uh, this is um, the way re- Republicans frame the argument. So they'll say, well, gun control doesn't work. Just look at Chicago. There's all these shootings in Chicago and they have restrictive gun laws. Yep. And so therefore, uh, gun control doesn't work. So let's not even discuss it, uh, even though there's these mass shootings. When, of course, as and that's why I thought Lori Lightfoot was so uh, on target because she just pointed out Atiba immediately yeah. that if you just one city restricting the sale of guns does not stop the flow of guns into that city. Yep. They can come from all the other towns, cities, states, etc. where it's easy or relatively easy to purchase a gun. That's the point she was making. And then Ted Cruz acts as though, you know, Chicago is this independent fortress just in and exactly. of itself. And here's what we learned today much to Ted Cruz's chagrin is that the shooter in this latest shooting bought his gun at a private sale because he couldn't pass a background check. Mm. So this guy had been institutionalized uh, and that was on his record. He had a mental, I forget the the exact terminology for it, but it was a legal term Mm -hmm. that prevented him from being able to buy a gun through normal transactions. But because there there are so many, uh, he bought it from a gun show. Mm -hmm. And because we have the gun show loophole, he was able to go ahead and buy that gun. Yeah. So the, because usually what they say is, well, you know, background checks wouldn't have prevented many of these shootings. It would have prevented this one. Yeah. We found that out today. He he wouldn't have been able to okay. buy a gun through normal means. I did not know. I missed that yeah. news. Yeah, yeah. It, just, it just came out. Just literally, came out. probably I was getting dressed. It was like an okay. hour before I came down, right. and like two hours ago they said yeah. this. That, so yeah, a, a, a background check and and the closing of that loophole could have prevented this tragedy. Yeah, and uh, and of course uh, I always like to uh, add this point. Um, instead of using Chicago as a talking point, Ted Cruz and Donald Trump and all you Republicans. Why don't you help Chicago? I think I said this on your show. I say this sure, all the right. time now. Republicans just ignore uh, the situation in cities like Chicago. They ignore the problems uh, that Chicago is facing, and they just use it as a talking point. And that was so uh, twisted. That's a projection, as they say, where he, Ted Cruz, accuses Lori of uh coming up with a political talking point right. uh, when in fact that's exactly what he did. He was the one who started the whole thing. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, so anyway. And then in the backdrop of all that, the governor of Texas just eased uh, restrictions on buying guns again in the state. So again, he just made it even easier to buy guns in Texas. Wow. I missed that news too. Did yeah. That happened today. No, that, that happened about 48 hours ago. Okay. That, that happened either the same day of the shooting or okay. like the day before. Yeah. So it was right, right around the shooting. He had just signed that into legislation. So it was, I mean, Texas is a, is a hot mess. Great state, but a hot mess. And it's so funny because when you juxtapose Ted Cruz versus Beta O'Rourke and his response yeah. to the shootings, he's, he's on TV calling it what it is mm-hmm. to the point that they got to bleep him out. Yeah. I'm sure you guys saw that. I won't repeat it on the Sun Times right yeah, now. Yeah. Well, but again, he's, but he had a more full throated, forthright, honest assessment mm-hmm. of what the problem was. And he wasn't looking to use talking points and that's what we need. So again, I, I have to give Beta O'Rourke a, a lot of credit on that. All right, let's move on to uh, uh, Donald Trump, the latest outrage uh, from Donald Trump. Oh, there's so much to go with. I have a whole list of things here. Uh, let's go. Let's let's, let's see. What's the first one you want to talk about? Well, you know what that struck me was the um, 
uh, how everything is up and down uh, when it comes to foreign policy these days. I'm in the middle of reading a mm-hmm. book, almost finished reading a book about a spy, a, uh, a, a Soviet citizen who uh, was a KGB agent, follow me on this, uh, in the 70s and the 80s, uh, Atiba, and he was actually spying on behalf of England and he had to be ushered out of, of the Soviet Union. This is the days before the Soviet Union fell, obviously, 1985, and he was spying for, um, uh, for England and he was successfully, they, they slipped him out of uh, the Soviet Union just ahead of the KGB before they could nab him and torture him and probably kill him. Uh, and so in those days, we, we were all led to believe that uh, the world is divided into two camps, good and evil, mm-hmm. and uh, capitalism uh, and Capitalist countries like the United States, uh, democracies like the United States and England uh, were good, and communist countries like the Soviet Union were evil. Yep. Now when Donald Trump is coming around, and he's almost as though he's saying everything we were led to believe wasn't true. And I, by, the, by that I mean the, the bizarre way he's reacting to North Korea uh, with the missile texts that you know his aides are warning him uh, that North Korea is developing a more sophisticated set of missiles that could really wreak destruction and donald trump is going around saying uh oh there it doesn't mean anything they're just testing they're good people he's a good leader etc so forth it's just flip-flop everything it's yeah. like they spent 50 years teaching us one thing and yep. now so where, how do you what do you make of all that the north korea thing is probably the hardest to reconcile mm-hmm. in so much as i don't know what he gets out of it so when you look at how he treats saudi arabia we get it that you you can you can very easily follow the money yeah. and see why he behaves the way he does with saudi arabia and allows them to get away with what he they get away with same thing with russia i understand his motivation whether whether it's russia has something on him or whether you know again whether they helped him win the election whatever whatever it is i could i understand why mm-hmm. North Korea? I genuinely don't understand. Yeah, uh, because I, I don't understand what his end game is, and I don't understand what he gets out of it. North Korea isn't a particularly rich country. I don't know that there's anything they can do for him directly. He certainly isn't going to be opening a Trump Tower in North Korea anytime soon. Yeah. Um. So it's it's kind of crazy. I think other other than to uh, the only motivation I see is he has a complete inability to admit he messed up. Yeah. Because he started, remember the, the negotiations with Ken Jong Un was Little Rocket Man. Yeah. And if he and if and if Little Rocket Man doesn't stop doing this and doesn't stop doing that, he's going to see a a, a wrath like the world has never seen. He yeah. had all these over the top threats, and we went from that to love letters. Yeah. And and we and, and again, there's absolutely been no substance in the negotiations. If anything, in the three years almost he's been in office now. North Korea and Kim Jong Un has become a nuclear powered country, and under his, you know so again he always blames Crimea under Obama. I wonder who he's going to blame now for North Korea becoming a nuclear power while he's in while he's in office. But again, all I can say is he came into the into the office saying that he was the best deal maker there was, mm-hmm. that he knows how to make the deal, and that Obama sucked, and not only did Obama suck, but uh, George Bush Jr. So, uh, George W. sucked, and every and president and every president prior to him didn't get it done, and he's going to get it done. And now 
now, not only has he not gotten it done, but it's it's as bad as it has ever been under any prior president. And North Korea has able has been able to really step up to the table as now a major player, and they haven't get, they haven't conceded anything. Well, the other theory I have, listening to what you were saying, mm-hmm. is that and. He views uh, a peace overture with North Korea as his opportunity to win accolades, to outdo Obama, get that Nobel Peace Prize that Obama got. And there's this, he has this bizarre competition in his head with Obama. He's trying to eradicate everything Obama. Very uh, true. And, uh, you know, uh, push forward, in, including Obamacare, uh, how the Republicans think they're going to win re-election, destroying health care. That's a whole other issue. So uh, I, I sometimes think, uh, Atiba, this is all about like winning a Nobel Peace Prize or getting accolades to, as this grand visionary who brought peace uh, to North Korea, uh, even though it there's there doesn't it, it it's like so much else with Donald Trump. There's not very um, there doesn't seem to be anything there there. You know what I'm saying? Other than his rhetoric. So hearing you say that, what immediately comes to mind is uh, one, you're you're right. Two, that's typical Trump behavior. Because here's what, here's what Donald Trump wants. He wants accolades with no work. If every, given everything that you're saying is true, I'd, I could almost respect and admire him if he wanted the Nobel Peace Prize, if he wanted to do the actual work to earn it. Yeah. But he doesn't want to do the work. He just wants the prize. You, that's the same thing with him wanting a purple heart. Or like he was, like he said, "Oh, I always wanted one of these." Like he wants the, he wants a purple heart or the uh, or the medal of freedom. But he, when it comes time to be drafted, he has bone spurs. Yeah. So he he's a he's a person that wants the he wants the accolades of something, but he is uh, he's either afraid or too lazy to actually do the work to attain it legitimately. Yeah. So yeah, you it's nothing wrong winning. Nobel Peace Prize. That's great. Go yeah. ahead, but but actually bring about the peace. Yeah, no, I know. Bring about the peace. It's very and it, and it, it creates these very bizarre moments. I was having a uh, conversation slash debate of sorts. I was trying to avoid the debate part of it with uh, a woman. I'll just leave her make anonymous uh, who was a Trump supporter, and she was explaining that. Um, that she comes from a country uh, f- uh, that uh, has had troubles from the left. Let's put it this way. Uh, and uh, that so she's very cautious and concerned about um, the the leftist rhetoric of the Democratic Party is a little too socialist for her. And uh, so she was explaining this and then she started talking about the virtues of Trump and she said, and he's making peace with North Korea. And I was like, why would you, you just complain about the Democrats being too leftist, reminding of your old country you escaped and how horrible right. communism is. And now you're praising him for making these overtures. And that's why I'm saying it to you, but it's like all these years, the things they've been feeding us yeah. under Donald Trump, it's just out the window. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's very inconsistent. John Blake wrote an excellent piece in CNN a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, you know, the, the, I can't remember the title, but the title was very, very misleading because the title made it sound as if he was supporting Trump. Uh, and he wasn't what he was basically, but the substance of the article was to say one of the benefits of Donald Trump. And I think that's what he used in the, in the title is like, you know, how, how Donald Trump has benefited us and people were like, what is this about? And when you read the article, what he's saying is the benefit of Donald Trump is he has now laid waste to all of the talking points 
uh, and the plausible deniability uh, mm-hmm. that Republicans have had all these years. So now with Donald Trump coming into office and destroying the budget and destroying the debt and destroying the deficit and Tea Party members being utterly silent. Yes. So now we, you can, so now we, we can put that argument aside. No, the Tea Party wasn't about deficits and debt. That was, the Tea Party was a racial, was a visceral racial response to the nation's first black president. And now we can, so we can put those types of arguments to bed. Republicans have never been about fiscal conservatism because now we can look at what they've done with this overinflated military budget, what they've done with the budget overall and with these tax cuts that are supposedly supposed to pay for themselves but don't. So all of these Republican talking points and arguments now, he's just laid bare to them that they are all false and that they mean nothing. So that's that's the one good thing is that we're able now to talk about things for what they are because of him because now they, they don't have the veneer of being able to have have, uh, again, the plausible deniability. Well, I wonder if the Republicans uh, can go back after this. Just follow me on this. Is Donald Trump uh, threw out the window any pretense to use your point that yep. uh, deficits matter and the Republican Party is following him on this, then they are just following him on this. Right. Uh, how can they go back now and, and preach? Oh, you know, when, you know how they can go back? The minute we get a Democratic president. Yeah. That's when they'll do it, like they do every time. Yeah, right. Because again, deficits matter when there's a Democratic yeah. president. And 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 with that said, this is one point I wanted to make too. When you talk about people who trash socialism, and I, I'm not claiming to be a socialist. Um, just it's just that I believe, like Elizabeth Warren, that capitalism still needs rules, mm-hmm. that it cannot be unchecked. But with that said. Even your, your, the, the most staunch capitalists, which would be people in banking, I would assume, mm-hmm. all of them hate socialism until they need it. But when they need it, it's okay. Yeah. So when we had our last great recession mm-hmm. that was caused by unchecked capitalism, what fixed it? I swear it was socialism. Yes. <laughs> because we were told that the banks were too big to fail. Yeah. That wasn't something we were told we had an option to do. Uh-huh. That's what we were told we had to do. Yeah. That the taxpayers needed to bail out the banks because they are too big to fail. Yeah. That's socialism last I checked. The, the the government giving the banks money isn't that socialism? Yeah. So everybody everybody hates it until they need it. Yeah. But socialism was a thing that got this country back on track. So, again, you, you know, and I wish more Democratic candidates could, could speak that forcefully about it because, again, everybody hates it until until they need it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, by the way, uh, there was an interesting comment. I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, I, I'm, I'm usually critical of John Cass. I'm going to give him a shout out today. Chicago Tribune columnist. He's uh, far to the right of me. But he wrote a very intriguing column today where he talked about he just thinks a Democrat should just get out there and, and nominate Bernie Sanders. And in uh, that, uh, it, it, his the basic point that came down to this is that you got Donald Trump who's on the right, and you got Bernie Sanders who's on the left. Let's and he, and neither of them are making any bones, or at least Bernie Sanders makes no bones about the fact that he's on the left. Mm-hmm. So let's just get it on. See where the country yeah, is. See where right? this country is. Right. And, and you know. I voted for Bernie in 2016. As uh, uh, yeah, everybody knows that. And uh, I, I kind of res- you mean in the primary? In the right? primary, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that deluded. <laughs> I'm vote for well, Bernie. I don't want anybody <laughs> accusing yeah, you. Yeah, no, no. I was not one of those Bernie Bros that just uh, ran away. I mean, I thought exactly. I thought that was a little absurd. But anyway, um, uh, I kind of agreed with that point. Uh, it, it struck me as like, yeah, this 
this country, you know, this it's it's like this is a, a real choice. Right. I mean, a real profound choice. Uh, what do you think about that? Um, I mean, I think the process needs to play out as far as the Democratic primary is concerned. But I could certainly share that thought process. I want to see where we are. Mm-hmm. And if this country votes for Donald Trump again, then we get what we deserve. If 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 after the first three years of or two and a half at this point, if how he still has 40 percent support is beyond me. Mm-hmm. But if after this two and a half years of what we've of now of what is evidence, not what we think he'll do, mm-hmm. of what we know he'll do, of, of him misappropriating money to build his wall, of him separating families, uh, of him kicking transgender people out of the military. If mm-hmm. if if those things aren't enough for you yet irrespective of who the Democratic candidate is, then America deserves what she gets. Mm. Uh, at TVP Canada is my guest in the studio. We're talking Donald Trump, as we always do uh, when Atiba's here. And Atiba, I saw this Casey Lindowski, who is a former Trump aide, is now running for senator, I think it is, in New Hampshire. Uh, and he's causing great consternation uh, among the regular, regular Republicans there. I don't know if you saw this article. Was I did it, not. Uh, who's, the, who's the senator now? Uh, I, I'm not quite... I, can't think it, can't I mean, did somebody retire? Or he's, uh, is he... Yeah. Is it it's primary? Vacant, or what yeah, is it? yeah, and uh, it's a vacant seat, as, I'm, as I recall. Okay, uh, I would know that off uh, off the top of my head if it wasn't for the drugs and the painkillers right, right. slurring around <laughs> my brain right now. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, it, the, the interesting thing is, is that he's out trumping Trump, and it, was, it makes me wonder if that Trump brand uh, is going to be able is going to work outside of Trump. What's your thoughts on that? It, it just because, as you know, all politics are local. So I'd have to, I don't know enough about New Hampshire's politics to say whether or not it will work. If, yeah. we, if we just go back to the most recent election in 2018, then we saw that a lot that, you know, the, the Trump brand only worked in very, very limited and specific areas. Mm-hmm. And even a lot of areas that he thought it would work in, those suburbanites came out and voted Democrat. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't I mean, you know, again, in West Virginia, will it work? Sure. But New Hampshire. I'm not. I'm not sure that, that that's yeah, going to work there. See on yeah. that one. Uh, and you mentioned Trump Tower before uh, a little while ago. Uh, there was an interesting story in the paper about Mike Pence in Ireland. Talk about that one a little <laughs> bit. Uh, okay, so Mike Pence is going to Ireland mm-hmm. on a kind of not of a missionary mission, but uh, he has family. He's he's Irish. He has family from Ireland, and he's going to Ireland on taxpayer dime, uh, which is fine. But for some reason, Donald Trump suggested to him that he should stay at the Trump property, which is 181 miles Mm -hmm. from where he's actually going to visit. Mm -hmm. And he was all prepared to stay at the Trump property, which means that our taxpayer dollars would be going back and directly back into Trump's pocket because to date he has never divested himself fully from his businesses. Mm -hmm. It's a clear conflict of interest. And just today he finally began to walk that talk back. But the problem is that when he walked it back, uh, what, what Pence and Trump have tried to do now is blame it on the media. Well, the media misrepresented what I wanted to do. And as opposed to continue what I was going to do, I'm just going to blame it on the media and then not stay there. But that was a problem. So he would, he was literally going to stay 181 miles. Yeah. So there's no place yeah. closer to this place that he's visiting. I forget the city. And he would have had to take a helicopter. Yeah. I think it's called Marine two. Uh huh. He was going to take Marine two. <laughs> I love that movie. Every Marine day, <laughs> yeah. every day back 
back and forth between the Trump ho- property and where he was going, uh, again, 181 miles distance. Yeah, yeah. Like, at, 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 at taxpayer expense. At taxpayer expense. Yeah. Uh, and that's, uh, no, I think uh, the article made it pretty, when you said for some reason he was going to say at Trump, uh, at the at the Trump facility, Trump wanted yeah, him to stay. Right, he, he suggested. Yeah. He, that's who suggested Wait, it. Where's the quote in the paper I saw in this one? It's a pretty funny quote where um, uh, Trump requested him to, uh, to stay there and uh, Pence's chief of staff said this quote. I don't think it was a request like a command. I think that it was a suggestion. <laughs> That's the funniest quote I've heard a lot. It wasn't a request like a command. It was like, right. hey, man, I don't know. Maybe you want to stay in my hotel. Right. And that's, and that's the same language uh, they use when they talk about Trump wanting to fire James Comey. Right. Because it wasn't like a direct command. It was kind of this, you know, understanding, mm-hmm. this suggestion, this soft, you know, they try and soften it up. So that's what they do every time. They never, they never, they always want to give him plausible deniability and never say it is what it is. He yeah. told him to stay at the Trump property and it's that simple. Yeah. So, uh, uh, the, uh, the other thing that we haven't talked about since the last time you were in the studio has to do with the fact that, uh, the, the Democrats, uh, finally they got uh, Deutsche Bank to acknowledge, uh, that they had Trump's taxes. They have his best back taxes. Uh, and uh, it looks as though the Democrats actually may make that move to force Trump to release his income taxes. What do you think uh, the outcome of that's going to be? I, I, I have no confidence at all in what the Democrats are doing. Um, to date, you know, Trump has been able to best them at every turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and mainly because, mainly because of William Barr. Right. Attorney General. Exactly. So the attorney general has been in his has been in his corner. He is personal. He is Trump's personal attorney as opposed to the attorney general for the United States of America. Uh, and, and with him being over the Justice Department, he the, the, between the two of them, they have been able to circumvent literally every attempt that the Democrats have made to get information. Mm-hmm. Everyone they've subpoenaed has said, no, I'm not coming. And there's nothing. There's really not a lot they can do about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deutsche Bank really still hasn't been forthcoming. I mean, they've admitted that they have them. But, you know, admitting that and then turning them over is two different things. Um, even when you look at the, the way the Mueller report played out, there hasn't been a thing yet that's been able to stick to Trump. He's been Teflon. Uh, I, to be honest, I don't see why this is any different. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. So you think we're going to go into the 2020 election without seeing There's, those tax returns? I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I'm, I got a feeling it's going to come down to... I'd a, love to be wrong. Yeah. I think I, I, it's going to come down to some kind of some court's decision. Uh, that's my guess. I, and, I, and I believe that. But yeah. when? And that's what I'm saying. That I, I think that Trump has the benefit of time on his side. And yeah, I think we'll get the court decision in 2021 or, you know, December of, <laughs> of 2020. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, may, uh, he may outlast it. Uh, Atiba, we've come to the end of our segment. We're going to bring on David Hockberg after this. Why don't you tell folks uh, where they can hear your podcast and yeah, all absolutely. about your podcast. Go absolutely. Ahead. The name of the show is called Humanity in the Headlines. We air Saturdays at 1 on Intellectual Radio. Um, we have phenomenal guests. What we do is much what you do. We, we, we bring in guests that are experts in the field. Uh, we try and break things down as much as possible and remind people uh, that there's always a human cost to the headline that you read. So 
that's why it's called humanity in the headlines. So we can always remind folks that there are people behind those shootings. There are people behind those incarcerations. There are people behind uh, those separations so that, you know, we don't forget the human element in, in all this. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Atiba Buchanan, thank you very much. And he does that show with David Seaton and David will be yeah. with us. I believe it's on Friday. Friday. will be coming in and yep. uh, I'll be dueling with David a little bit. I love dueling with David. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's always fun to do that. Thanks so much, Atiba. Appreciate you coming in. And thank you I, for having the me. Next time I come in, I, I will have these bandages off, all right? And maybe the pain killers will have left my system and I'll yeah. be able to see the world clearly again. How well, about I'm glad that? you had a successful surgery and I hope you feel better. Thank you very much. Appreciate That's you. Atiba Buchanan. We got David Hockberg, the legendary, the immortal David Hockberg sitting on deck. We're going to bring him on when we return. Today's Ben Jaromsky Show was brought to you in part by Chicago Architecture Center. Discover the breadth and majesty of Chicago's architecture on a Chicago Architecture Center bus tour. From bungalows to Bauhaus, our expert docents will share the fascinating stories behind our city's architecture. Book your tour at architecture.org slash tours. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm actually on a bus tour right now. Oh, my. Look at that wonderful piece of architecture. Get a special discount for Illinois residents from July 15th to August 15th. All Illinois residents get 50% off select walking tours. Visit architecture.org slash IL dash resident. Attention Chicago innovators and creators, 2019 Chicago Ideas Week is coming soon. October 12th through the 17th, this annual Ideas Festival is back, and it's the largest, most affordable Ideas Festival of its kind. They bring in hundreds of thought leaders from around the globe and some local to share ideas and spark action all across Chicago. To get a better idea of what to expect, here's a bit of audio from last year's Chicago Ideas Week with special guest and Chicago comedian Cameron Esposito. Everything that I have ever tried to do has had two motivations. One is I really do believe in trying to create social change. And then the other one is I'm scared and alone too. So I would like for you to join me. You know, every job that I have, I try to make sure to hold the door open. That's like my uh, motto for, for, um, like if I get through, you're coming with me. And I really, I believe in that wholeheartedly. And, uh, especially if I have more privilege than you, like I'm holding the door open for you, um, even wider. October 12th through the 17th, it's 2019 Chicago Ideas Week. Tickets go on sale to members on August 22nd and to general public September 10th. Once again, if you're an innovator or creator in the city of Chicago or even outside the city, you must join us for Chicago Ideas Week, October 12th through the 17th. For tickets and event information, head to chicagoideas.com. That's chicagoideas.com. And we hope to see you October 12th through the 17th for 2019 Chicago Ideas Week. Today's Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you in part by Green Element Resale. They're located at 6241 North Broadway in Chicago, and people, they are a badass. Listen to the, uh, the items they have here at Green Element Resale. I'm looking at a picture of books. They got furniture, appliances, antiques, Ben's favorite, candles. So many things at Green Element Resale for you to buy. 
6241 North Broadway in Chicago, Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. until 7 p.m. Sundays, 12 until 7 p.m. It's Green Element Resale. And hey, if you're ever on Broadway between Granville and Devon, stop in and say thank you because Green Element Resale is the only thrift shop that helps bring you the Ben Jarofsky Show Tuesdays through Fridays, all right? You can learn more about them at greenelementresale.com. 6241 North Broadway in Chicago. It's amazing. And hey, fellas, can you feel it in the air? I think you can. It's football season. That's right. Football season days away, which means that the best sports reporters in Chicago want to offer you, yes, you, our listeners, an exclusive deal on unlimited digital access to all of the stories you love in the Chicago Sun-Times. Do not miss a game this season. Get all the big play scores and stories from the Sun-Times. And for a limited time only, you can lock in our lowest rate yet. It's only $29.99 for a full year of all the news and sports that you need to know. Stay up to date on breaking stories. Get the deep dives and investigations from Sun-Times reporters and go deep inside City Hall with best in-class political reporting. And, of course, cheer for the big games with the best sports team in the city. $29.99 for a full year. $29.99, I say. You cannot do better than that. Isn't that right, Robert Mueller? That's correct. See? Take advantage of this exclusive deal now at suntimes.com forward slash Ben. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, the pain pills are wearing off. I'm starting to feel the oh pain boy. from the incision. Uh, that's good and bad because it means maybe my brain's a little sharper than it had been. But, man, I'm starting to feel it like a little like a knife stabbing me in the head. But helping dull the pain. Is my old friend David Hochberg. Back in the old days when I had a, a radio show, he was a regular. He supported my show, yeah. and uh, he was a regular guest on the show. We would talk real estate, we talk mortgage rates, we talk sports, we talk a little. But David's a little to the right of me. Yeah. I got uh, the other David who's coming in on Friday. David Seaton's a little to the right of me too. Most people I think are a little to the right of me, uh, but uh, Hochberg and I always got along well. And I said when I get this new show, David Hochberg, come on. So. Welcome back, Cotter. Welcome to my show. Thank you. You've never looked better. The, <laughs> what, what are you doing? A little pregame for Halloween? What, what, what? Uh, this is my Jack Nicholson. You're old enough to know Chinatown. I, I, I do this joke based on, but well, maybe you never saw the movie Chinatown. I've seen Chinatown. Oh, you've seen Chinatown. Well, if you recall, halfway yeah. through Chinatown, Roma Polanski plays the thug. Uh, cuts Jack Nicholson's nose and yeah. he goes around the, the rest of the show with his bandage. So today I had uh, basal cell uh, cancer removed from my nose and I went in there, David, thinking it was just going to be a simple in and out procedure because that's like the first part of it was very in and out. You know, and I rode my bike to the doctors. I thought I would ride my bike from there to here. And then the doctor said, oh, no, whacking and slapping and really? cutting and drilling. I think a sewing machine was brought in to sew up the wound. And uh, they put this huge bandage Looks on it. good. <laughs> And I, I did the same guys. thing when I got my vasectomy. I rode my bike to the vasectomy. Yeah. And then the guy's like, how are you getting home? I got my, got my bike outside. He's like, not a good idea. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good joke. I rode my bike to my vasectomy. Uh, so um, anyway, uh, David Hochberg, the mortgage man, tell folks about your mortgage company. Um, I am the leader of a group called Team Hochberg. I've been originating loans. August was 19 years. Got into it August 2000. Uh, recently worked up until the beginning of end of last year at a company called Pearl Mortgage mm -hmm. until they were acquired by another company that we decided not to go with the company acquiring Pearl Mortgage and started our own group at a company called Homeside Financial. We're a residential mortgage broker and banker. We help 
your listeners and uh, uh, folks in 35 states secure financing on primary residences and non-owner occupied properties up to four units. That's what we do. And we do a pretty good job, yeah. if I do say so myself. Uh, and so you, you, you broke from Pearl for years. I was always hot. I didn't break from Pearl. I didn't know. I not, let's let's because I'm under a lawsuit right now accusing me of breaking from Pearl. That's fine. It's public. You know they're suing yeah. me for 1.7 million for doing something I didn't do. And my comment is, you might as well you know sue me for 1.7 billion. You're not getting the 1.7 <laughs> million. At least make a big, you know, at least make a splash, right? Yeah. So you know it's it's a it's a lawsuit. It's working its way through. You can look it up. They're accusing me of doing crap that I didn't do, and the lawyers are making fortune yeah. which is fine so we'll just let it work its way through the the court system and uh we'll figure it out on the other side but uh, pearl decided to get acquired by a company out of cleveland mm-hmm. and we decided to to break off our my my group and a couple other people under their own free will because you know the 13th amendment abolished slavery even though some people think that you you, you still have to work for them until you die yeah uh but there's, there's something called the 13th amendment benny uh <laughs> 1850 60-ish somewhere in there yeah. that abolished slavery but um but that's working its way through the court system and uh, we we decided to break off and start our own system it, it's the same same group of guys and gals originating loans just a a stronger chassis with uh, with a different, stronger engine in it, and it's the same guys and girls behind the wheel driving the truck. It's well, no different. Well, okay, so we'll leave that one in the. Uh, yeah, leave it, whatever. To, we'll leave it there, and uh, we'll continue the conversation where we left it off before, uh, which was probably about uh, eight months ago. If my I swimsuit modeling career, yeah, that one. Okay, uh, and we always would be talking about whether the uh, the combination of rising property taxes and the in the the booming real estate market in the city of Chicago was making the city uh, unaffordable for the people that for many years guys like you sure. uh, got mortgages for uh so give me an update on that on your opinion on that well i, well, I could tell you what's happening um the folks that are renting so roughly 62 to 65 percent of the people in the united states own a home which means roughly 35 to 37 percent of the people rent a home or live in their parents basement <laughs> uh which which there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> yeah. right uh it's fine i mean that's why we have rental uh, properties. That's why we have apartment buildings. But I think the folks that rent think that they are bulletproof and rising real estate taxes don't impact them. But the problem that they don't see is that the owner of the three or four unit building that you're renting an apartment in or the 20 to 150 unit building, the corporation or the entity that owns that property just got their real estate taxes hiked up tremendously Mm -hmm. thanks to the fine people at the county board, Mm -hmm. right? Tony Preckwinkle and her band of thieves. David, uh, just the views and opinions of David Hockberg. You know what? 630 (laughs) units of government? Okay, I got Jack Franks out in McHenry County, cutting Democrat, cutting real estate taxes. And you know, we've got 18 board members in Cook County that do nothing but increase our taxes. Right. Tell me how that's right. Uh, we, this conversation is picking up exactly where it well, left right. off. It's yeah. still frosty. Yeah. Okay, why? Because the real estate tax bills hit. Mm-hmm. And you know why? Because I used to work with people that had ten to fifteen to $20,000 worth of credit card debt. That used to be the norm. Mm-hmm. Right now, that's double A ball. Okay, we're seeing people with 30, 40, 50, 60 G's in credit card debt that can't afford to pay the property taxes. Okay, oh, it's only an extra $100. I recall the last time you were on the show with me, uh, you went on a tangent about, uh, and it was a riff, 
about suburban school systems sure. needing to consolidate. Still do. Uh, it, because they're, uh, the um, having two systems for one, for two suburbs or I've what have you. Four, I've got 31,000 uh, residents. I, I, I just passed this on. I live in Northbrook, mm-hmm. right? V- a very nice community up, 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 up in the northern suburban uh, area. Okay, we have 31,700 people in Northbrook. We have four freaking school districts for 31,000 residents. Yeah, I remember this. Okay, 31,000 residents. Mm -hmm. I've got two in Northbrook, District 27, 28, which are great schools. Don't get me wrong. Phenomenal school district. Great teachers. Great educators, great, great buildings. Every building they've got is brand new, okay? Because, you know, we, we, we've replaced every single building <laughs> within, you know, every single building's brand new. Yeah. And for 31,000 residents, we have four school districts. Now, two of the school districts, the, the, the easternmost takes in part of Highland Park and, and something else in the, and the north, and the westernmost has got some like Glenview and some Mundelein and some Wheeling, which is fine. We need four flipping school districts for 31,700 residents? Really? Really? I got four, I got four, and again, four superintendents making 200 G's a year. Okay. So I got, I got almost a million dollars, probably over a million dollars tied up in, in a superintendent. Okay, if a superintendent's so good at, at what he or she does, you can't handle, you what, you can only handle three schools, <laughs> right? I've got 45 people I manage. You can only handle three schools? Right, you can't handle nine schools for 250 G's a year. So why do they have so many uh, school districts out there? Why? Because because the residents in, in my town mm-hmm. are idiots. Okay, <laughs> Be, because okay, the, no, yeah. no, I, I will tell you because <laughs> yeah. because we have because 27 yeah. is west is is west um, is west Northbrook and 28 is east yeah. Northbrook and 28 doesn't want to merge with 27 and I'm just like and I go to a meeting I'm like why do we have two school districts in Northbrook well we can't merge because one's one's union and one's not I'm like what's that got to do with it. Let the teachers decide. Yeah, decide, yeah. I'm like, open it up. Yeah. Right? Say, hey, we're, we're merging 27, 28. Teachers, you want the, you want the union or you don't yeah. want the union? Yeah. Right? Vote vote yeah. on it. Yeah. Right? Well, well, you can't do that. You know, this is non-union and this is union. I'm like, well, let me, it's 2019. Yeah. Okay? We have grown men and women educating our young kids on how to be good students and good and good uh, people in, 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 in society here. They can't make an educated decision decision if they want a union or not and if they want a union and the teachers that aren't in a union don't want the union to go find another yeah. job someplace else yeah if the people in the union the the unit just happens to get voted out listen i'm not pro or anti you know i'm just making a statement yeah. you know that's one of the responses and i'm thinking well i could cut you you and you that's 600 g's worth of worth of overhead no but i think you were getting that at the first time it's it's a sense of status because i remember sure when is. the debate was going on in uh, the new trier school system follow me in this david which is i know exactly uh, where you're going just east of you it was South. Highland Park. It was Highland Park. Hi- Highland Park had a huge battle. You know, we 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 can't consolidate schools because we don't want the Highwood kids in with the Highland oh, Park. Oh, I didn't kids. know about that fight. I knew oh, the yeah. Nutria fight. Nutria but Highwood kids too. go to Highland Park, don't they? What's they go that? to the Highwood kids do. go to Highland Park. But but within the school district. The grade school district. I'm not talking high school. Uh, I see. The I grade see, school. Right. You've got Northern Highland Park uh, and Highwood, 
and the people, all the liberal Democrats yeah. in Highwood, in, in, in Highland, Highland Park. Park yeah. Okay, all, all the we don't want those. You know, we can, we can, we we need to be within walking distance of our home. God forbid. He's finally our, finding your inner Howard Stern I mean, here. I mean, God Howard forbid, our kids get on a bus to go to school. Okay, yeah. we need we need a seven mile turnaround for all the minivans and all the Cadillacs to turn around to drop the kids off. But New Trier had a, a similar Same debate, uh, and they ended up with I think what they did was they made the Split old the New campus. Trier West yeah. uh, a freshman school. Is that I correct? Think it was in that freshman one? or is it freshman sophomore? Yeah. Freshman? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, well, they well had too many kids. Here's and I said this earlier in the show, David, when I was talking to Atiba. Uh, Very nice man, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Atiba Buchanan, an outstanding. He radio. came from the mortgage industry and knows his stuff. Yeah. You know, knows his stuff uh and he's a very good he's a very good talk show host uh, he has his podcast and why he doesn't have a show on radio i do not it's ridiculous. know it is ridiculous because he's exceedingly talented uh but you all know uh, how how solid in the radio industry is yes yeah, radio industry decisions. is very <laughs> making good decisions on broadcasters yeah uh thank you david Hockberg. no problem uh anyway uh so uh but at least they listen uh, to their residents uh, generally, you know, when they have it, like you said, let's have a referendum. We listen to sure. it in the city of Chicago. I'm going to throw this one at you. Uh, uh, Pat Quinn uh, got on the ballot, a referendum as to whether the, the, the citizens of Chicago would impose a two term limit on their mayor. All yeah. right. And Rahm Emanuel fought him tooth and nail, but uh, Pat Quinn prevailed. He got enough signatures. And let me tell you, it was not an easy thing. David right. Hochberg no, he had worked, a lot hard. Of the, worked very hard to get those signatures. He went on that Rahm still fought him still sent his lawyers to court and, and uh, didn't run for mayor what's that and then didn't run for and mayor. then didn't run for mayor but just despite quinn you know what i mean he, yeah, he fought he, it he fought it uh and uh, right now it's heading i think to the supremes in the meantime uh we had to vote because it was still undecided so sure. they put it on the ballot but they won't let us know which they, is ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. The voters may have voted for all I know 80%. Do we live in the United States of America or do we live in uh, the the USSR. I well, mean, the old USSR. Right, yeah. The old USSR. Uh, and you, even the USSR doesn't exist anymore. So, uh, in your opinion, yes, we, they've now revealed the um, the results of this referendum. Right. What do you think they? I think it's great. No, what do you think the outcome? They, we, people well, voted. I, I think I think people would want a two year, a, a two term mayor. Yeah. I think people are tired of the bureaucracy. I think people are tired of the cronyism. I think. People are tired of the old school, old boy and old girl network of, of what happens here. I, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I think we have in Cook County one of the most corrupt systems around, you know, starting from the top all the way down. We need 18 people on the board, <laughs> the county board. Okay, we need over 650 units of government. Nobody could sit down and say, hmm, how are we going to streamline this? Yeah, I, 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 seriously, again, Jack Franks. I love Jack Franks. McHenry right? County. McHenry County board. He, he was a McHenry County state representative, Democrat, yeah. forever. Yeah. He ran for board. He cut seats. He, he reduced the size of the board. He went right after the, the, the people that he should have gone after for doing jobs um, haphazardly, who weren't doing good jobs, that were costing McHenry County a ton of money, mm -hmm. gave a 10% tax rebate. He, 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 he used the money in, 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 in a reserve account that was sitting for some nursing home or whatever, High Valley, whatever that is, to give money back because they're sitting with millions of dollars in their reserve account, which was over the uh, allowable limit and he gave it back in the form of a tax credit yeah. why can't we do that 
Well, let me ask you this. Do you think Lori Lightfoot's heading in the right direction in your opinion? I, I, I think Lori Lightfoot is heading into a headstrong wind here. And as much, listen, I, I was a big fan of Lori Lightfoot. I was going to, I joked, I was going to buy a condo in the city just to vote for her because Tony Preckwinkle makes he my freaking does, skin crawl. He does I, not like Tony I Preckwinkle. I think she's full of crap. I'll tell you what, bring her in here, this chair, and sit Jack Franks here, right? You got the head of Cook County. And the head of McKenna yeah, County. McKenna don't County t- don't give me that crap. Wait, that I haven't even different. gotten it. I'm going to tell you what your argument okay, is. We, well, <laughs> well, well, McHenry County is five times is, is one fifth the size of Cook County. Is it it's even government? That? It's county Wait, government. Is it even that? I mean, it, it's it doesn't even matter. smaller than that. It's county government. Okay, he took a board and eliminated board seats. They got we've we've got situ- we have problems uh, in in Cook County that dwarf McHenry County. Well, why? Because so, nothing's changed. Why do we have problems in this state? Because nothing's changed. Well, I mean, the problems. Why do we have problems in the state? The, the, the problems of social inequity, the problems of poverty, the problems sure. of crime. I mean, they're, they're far greater Who's concentration in, in, uh, right. uh, in, in, in Chicago and in Cook County right. than Who's they are in charge? McHenry County. Uh, Oh, now we're going to no, no, go No, 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 yeah. no, no. Rauner was a disaster. Yeah, thank okay. you. You concede that point. He, he absolutely. I, I conceded that when he got in there. Okay, yeah. he was a joke. All right, he was an absolute freaking train wreck when yeah. he got in there. Everybody saw yeah. it, right? He, you know, he, he he did everything against whatever Madigan wanted to do. He did the exact opposite. And then four years later, Madison rail, you know, Madigan railroaded him and rolled him right out of town. So wait, time out. Go back to uh, go go back to your you're about to you say you 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 like where Lori's heading. Right? I, I I like where Lori's heading because yeah. Lori's peeling off the band aids where people aren't peeling off band aids. All right, okay, uh, she's that, going right at it, uh, and bad, I think it's great. I bad. think it's refreshing. Well. I, I, we'll see where she's going with him. Not quite clear. I, my my take on that opening speech was that it was a punt, and so what which she, opening speech? Oh well, you you missed it. You were she gave her quote unquote budget speech last. No, week. I, I, I saw that. Yeah. Where you know, and my only challenge with that was okay. Where are we cutting? And my whole thing is this, and and this, and I've been I said, and I'm consistent on this. I've been on the radio for 17 years. You want to raise my taxes, right? A dollar, you cut something. A dollar. Okay, don't don't keep raising taxes. Okay, figure out a way to consolidate something over here to reduce costs and then increase. You know, I, I'll pay more taxes to eliminate a deficit, but don't sit there and say we're not going to consolidate and save money someplace. Well, if, if you want to increase me ten bucks, show me where you're cutting ten bucks so we can get to the middle all quicker. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll cut What's it, wrong with that? Uh, we'll cut a deal right now. What's wrong with that? Uh, nothing. That's so the first thing I'm cutting. That $1.3 billion that they're giving to uh, uh, to build uh, Lincoln Yards. There we go. We just figured it out. Now we can raise taxes. We fine with me. I got no problem yeah. with that. Uh, 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 we do see eye to eye. I got no that. problem with that. What? Oh, we got to give you $1.3 billion for infrastructure for 30 years or a 20-year sweetheart deal. You got a bunch of billionaires throwing a bunch of dough in there. You can't handle $1.3 billion worth of infrastructure. Okay, kiss my rear end. I mean, give me a break. Okay, if you look at the people behind that 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 operation over there right look at the billions of dollars that they've got together you're telling me that they can't throw in a little extra to take care of the infrastructure for land that they bought that they want to redevelop to make more billions and again i'm a capitalist baby I, i'm well, glad that's not capitalism that's uh, a socialist for the rest well, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure you want yeah. to help with your source system All right, so there we go we just figured it out right if you want to uh before you raise taxes here's your 1.3 1.3 billion dollars that's right. david hopper i'm ben jaroski we're gonna take a break we come back we're gonna is it hot in here am i going through am i having like heat flashes in here <laughs> I, 
I don't. My God, I don't is there know. Like oxygen or something? You got air. It's, what, what do you got to do to get some air conditioning rolling in here? I just feel like your heat is just blasting away. I have to my take my shirt bills. off and really give you a show here. Oh buddy. yeah, that would be it. You're, my my bandage and your uh, shirt. Uh, and Can I borrow that when you're done with it? Because that's a great look. I'd probably get a cup of soup for free at the the local uh, diner. We'll be right back. That's correct. <laughs> Attention Chicago innovators and creators, 2019 Chicago Ideas Week is coming soon. October 12th through the 17th, this annual Ideas Festival is back, and it's the largest, most affordable Ideas Festival of its kind. They bring in hundreds of thought leaders from around the globe and some local to share ideas and spark action all across Chicago. To get a better idea of what to expect, here's a bit of audio from last year's Chicago Ideas Week with special guest and Chicago comedian, Hannibal Burris. The real reason I came home is just because I was trying Traveling a lot anyway. I wasn't in New York that much, and I don't have a full-time job in New York. I work a lot, but I'm not in New York, so it was just like I don't, I don't need to be here anymore. And, I, and also, I just wanted to work on different stuff here in Chicago. So I have this center that I'm working on on the West Side, Melvina Masterminds. It's gonna be arts and and then a tech program and after-school programming for uh, kids in the, in the North Austin area. So just wanted to be back. There we go. October 12th through the 17th, it's 2019 Chicago Ideas Week. Tickets go on sale to members on August 22nd and to general public September 10th. Once again, if you're an innovator or creator in the city of Chicago or even outside the city, you must join us for Chicago Ideas Week, October 12th through the 17th. For tickets and event information, head to chicagoideas.com. That's chicagoideas.com. And we hope to see you October 12th through the 17th. It's Chicagoland's Adult Entertainment Playground. It's the world-famous Admiral Theater, 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. The Admiral is homegrown from Chicago, and it's the most conveniently located club in all of the city. 15 minutes from the O'Hare Airport in downtown Chicago Loop. Voted Chicago's best strip club, the Admiral has showgirls galore and a variety of adult entertainment shows. The world-famous Admiral Theater, open every day from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m., 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. For events, showtime, and other information, visit AdmiralX.com. Must be 18 years of age or older to enter. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Mr. Jarofsky, take us home. Uh, Is hiring? Yeah. I need a part-time job. Uh, that super yeah. cool <laughs> music means the end of another super cool show. You haven't played this one in a while. Let's see if I can do this through all the painkillers, all right? That super cool music means the end of another super cool show, but it's not done yet. And by the way, David Hochberg in the studio. So I drove down for two hours. <laughs> took me two hours to get here for a half-hour segment. What, what? This is injustice right there. Should put that for a vote. Uh, I think I should get at least an hour and a half. Uh, by the way, uh, David Hochberg, not only uh, does he sell mortgages, not only does he opine about politics, not only does he move left when he comes on my show. You should hear him when he's on the other shows. Uh, not only does he know everything about sports, but... He plays a mean piano. That's yes, David Hogg for right. the piano. D, I did that even with the the medication in my head. Way to go. Oh, man. You got an uh, update for me, young man? Oh, yeah, I do. Sorry, I was just uh, entrenched in that. 
<laughs> outro you do. Oh, I don't know how I did it this time around. All right. The battle between Lori Lightfoot and Ted Cruz continues. Who would have thought this would have been the news this week? Mm-hmm. Lori Lightfoot. Okay, so as you know, uh, Ted Cruz went on uh, on a gun control rant on Twitter and threw Chicago under the bus yes, while doing did. it. Lori Lightfoot responded, say, hey, keep uh, our name out of your mouth, pal, and you're a coward. And then Ted Cruz weighed in. They're going back and forth. Well, it's Lightfoot's turn, I guess. Uh, Lightfoot says, at Ted Cruz, if you really care about Chicagoans, Texans, and everyone facing gun violence, take action, tell. And then she uh, added old uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, his uh, handle Was there. it Moscow Mitch? Oh, yeah. No, it's an yeah. absent majority leader. I see. Uh, so, uh, send him and tell him it's time for universal background checks and assault weapons ban. Those reforms will save lives. Do your job. Yeah. Uh, and uh, listen, I was... Uh, uh, mildly critical. I made fun of Lori a little bit of her speech in my latest uh, reader column. Uh, I had a little fun with it, but I'm with her 100% on this one. Uh, Ted Cruz is trying to take our pain and use it for his political gain. And uh, if he's not going to weigh in and help us, if he's not going to come up with some uh, money from the feds, that will enable us uh, to uh, offset some of these tax hikes that Lori has to deal with to pay off all our obligations that she inherited. So I got to give her that. She did not rate. It's not her fault we have all these obligations. Uh, So if he's not going to help out, then stay out, in my humble opinion. I'm with Lori Lightfoot 100% on that one. Can, so. can I ask a question? Yes, go ahead, young man. Why didn't we know that we were, and I, and I live in the northern suburbs, and I, but I'm a Chicagoan, right? Okay. Why didn't the, the 8 million people in Chicago know well, that, well, we, you know, whatever. Less, you know, you know, it's less than 3 million. It's, now, it's go less ahead, than 3 boy. million, but 8, yeah. million, 8 million people in the area, the yeah. 3 million live in Chicago, know until Lori Lightfoot stepped to that podium that we were in a hole for a billion dollars. Oh, well, first of all, okay, the games, that's budget games. I know it's budget, budget games, games, but that go that's on ridiculous. Uh, yeah, well, okay, well, that, welcome to politics. But, I understand. But as Ron was leaving office, right. Right, here's the interesting thing about the, how the politics works. Uh, had Rom run for re-election, he would have been pro- proclaiming that he was the greatest fiduciary sure. wizard yeah. uh, of all time and that there was no significant deficit. Right. But because he stepped out and uh, he was not going to run for re-election, surprise. he could say, uh, yeah, surprise, because he was going to lose. Yeah. Uh, he could say that there was a deficit, a big deficit. So Lori, so he could be start to be honest about it, all right? So then Lori inherits it, and it's, as you know, when when a a politician takes office, it's important for her, in this case for her, to say the deficit is even worse than I thought because you can blame everything on the person that went before you. I understand. And so all the blame goes there. So why don't we we have a a realistic understanding? Because there's so much... there's just so much lying that goes right. on when it, and particularly in Chicago, there's so much concealing of how much we don't know. Like there's 1.5 billion in the TIF reservoir or reserves. So why don't we use that? Hundred percent. Yeah, we've already got it in the bank. We fill, don't even have a budget hole. Right. It's, but they want to hold on to it. See, now it's Lori's money. Before that, it was Rom's money, David. Right. Before that, it was Daly's money. They want to be able to that, I know, that take reserve, care of their friends. Take care. Lori had to redo City Hall the other day. Okay, it was two hundred twenty thousand dollars. Where she get the money? Go to the TIF. Good. You know, there's two hundred twenty thousand. So you ask me why? Why? Why are we in ignorant? Because so many of our elected officials 
don't want to tell us the truth. They don't want to tell us the truth. And that's a problem. Yeah, that is a big problem. And I, and you know what? I was, I was huge. Again, I live in Northbrook, but when she ran and kicked the crap out of Tony Preckwinkle, I loved it <laughs> because you know why? Because Tony Preckwinkle is full of crap. All right. In my Stop. opinion. No, I'm telling you. I know, but you keep coming back to Tony Preckwinkle. No, and I'm There's tell- a lot of politicians. And, I'm tell- who are and Michael even- Madigan's just as bad. As, I would it, say, put the, if for the city of Chicago, you would have ahead of Tony Preckwinkle, who are far more destructive to the city of Chicago. I would have Rahm Emanuel, agree. Richard M. Daly, uh, Ed Burke, those three right off the top. Okay. Uh, it, the, the, well, Ed Burke's got his, his challenges right now, and the other two are out of office. So, finally. Okay. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. I think Ed Burke is, you know, you know, I, I think, he's, you know, I don't whatever. We all know what's going on with Mr. Burke and and, and his challenges with with the government. And I, and I wish him well. But whatever. OK, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. You know, I don't wish I listen. I, I don't wish ban anybody. Yeah, right. And, and, you know, whatever happens, yeah. you know, happens and it's going to work itself out. All that I'm saying is, is that you have to look at the people in charge. Tell me why you're in charge of Cook County why we need all of those layers of government. Okay, fair enough about Cook County. But the fact of the matter is you keep coming back to Tony Preckle, and I'm saying it's so far more pervasive than Tony Preckwinkle. She's like, she's not even in the top 10. When I think about, listen, I lived through all those daily years, David, I'd be writing column after column, Blasting day. They're no longer but here. I know, but the point is you ask how we got here. Your question right. was how we got but here year after year. we continue to do year. the same thing. It, but it's like this game that we've constantly- Stop the game. Stop the game. Well, we'll create see. a new game. Right, here we go. Okay. So now we're at a we're now in a, a moment, right? Perhaps I, I, I love Lori we'll Lightfoot. I, I I wish her the best. Yeah, but see, she that first speech, she didn't really come clean again. It was more a little more of the game. She didn't. Again, we keep talking about this. Tiff you need sir. to rip off the bandaid. Oh, but beyond that, you have to be. I, she said, "I'm going to put the light on, let the light out." What, what's her saying, D? Uh, let it shine, let it shine. And uh, she, so that she opening, wasn't shining. Okay, she wasn't. She wasn't telling Full us. The whole shining. Story. Right. Okay. So we you're just talked tax. about the one point three billion dollars that are given. Rip she it did. back. Put it back into the pension hole. Okay. You got firefighters and cops that need a contract. I you would, got teachers that I need would a contract. Much rather see that money go to firefighters, 100%. cops, and teachers. I, so, so would the, I. The point is, it's like. I'm seeing more of the same, and that's why I'm saying you're concentrating on Tony Preckwinkle. I don't even think Tony Preckwinkle is even right now in the top five of most influential people governing uh, the city of Chicago. We're not put her in the top five. We're not put her in the top. You won't put her in the top five. No, I put Lori Lightfoot ahead. She's the head of the Democratic uh, Committee. In, in she's, she's the head of the Democratic okay. Party. She's got a little power. She's got a little power. She's got a little power. Yeah. Now, you and know. you're going to say she's number six? Uh, well, let's say I can name five. Okay, go. Okay. Lori Lightfoot. Yes. Michael Madigan. I agree. J.B. Pritzker. Okay. John Cullerton. Okay. Um, Those are pretty powerful guys. Yeah, okay. So I, I, people. Yeah. I know Lori Lightfoot's not. I mean, so. Uh, and that's you know. just in the political sphere. Okay. And you're not uh, going to throw Tony number five? Uh, no, I wouldn't. Uh, who's Tony number five? I would probably um, just, okay, so I have to stay uh, in the city of Chicago, in the city of Chicago. Uh, local. I can't go to uh, right. like Durban or something like that. No, please, I think Durban, Durban has more he, power. He doesn't know what date is. Right. <laughs> okay, stop it. Give me Durban. You want me to tell you a Durban story? You want me to tell you a Durban no, story? No, wait, I got to come up with number five. Because you can't. It's Tony Preckwinkle's number five. <laughs> okay, but those four ahead of her. Okay, well, you said five. Right, you no, should have said four. I can think of five. I'm fifth. Who's a powerful well, that's your problem. Okay, stop right there. You can't think of five. It's Tony. 
Can't, don't even get me well, started I can on, do it. on Durbin. I could do it. Mr. In the middle uh, of the housing I can wait crisis. do it. I can do the fifth Hey, let's person. hear that Durbin story. You want oh, to hear a Durbin yeah, story? Yeah, go ahead. Take middle it. of the housing crisis. Yeah. Middle. 2007, 2008. Uh-huh. I'm sitting in the green room at Fox off a of lake in Michigan. Okay, I'm sitting in the green room, ready to go on to talk Wait, about. You're sitting on the green room at Fox. Fox uh, 32. Okay, child, okay, local Fox. Local Fox, Channel 32. You're not with Sean Hannity. No, no, uh, Sean Hannity wasn't even around. I don't even right. think back then, but it doesn't matter. So I'm down, I'm down the green room, Fox, Fox, local 32. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there in the middle of the housing crisis. You've got see-through buildings going because there's nobody working because there's no money flowing anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Uh-huh. It's a complete dead stop. Yeah. Right? We're at 60 months inventory on real estate. Blood in the street. Property values are dropping 10% a month. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. Okay? In rolls Dick Durbin with his, with his little entourage. I go, hi, Senator Durbin. My name is David Hochberg. How are you? He's like, hi, David. What do you do? I go, I'm a mortgage professional. You guys are blaming my industry, me and my industry, for the total collapse of the entire housing market. He's like, oh, nice to meet you. He goes, how are things? I go, how are things? <laughs> I go, I go. that's like being in Florida and asking him, is it raining? How are things? Hey, hey, I, I'm down in, in Nassau, Bahamas. How are things right now? How's Dorian? How's that eight feet of water in your basement? So I go, I go, how are things? I go, they're horrible and they're getting worse. What do you mean? I go, hmm, what do I mean? Let's see. Congress just passed a bill to increase conforming loan limits in a bunch of counties that are politically connected to increase the conforming loan limits so people could borrow money cheaply and, and, and keep their businesses going. Hmm. What? Well, what do you mean? I go, oh, my God, are you freaking kidding me? What do I mean? I go, I go, I go, I go, Senator, in all due respect, three blocks away from here, you've got buildings half completed. Half completed buildings, see-through buildings, which means you've got floors poured, concrete floored, and you can see right through them because there's nothing going on. There's no workers. There's no union jobs going on. There's no transfer taxes. The people are staying at home and not working because the liquidity in the marketplace to fund things is not there because we need higher conforming loan limits here in Illinois, which we don't have. And I was getting on him. And then his staff is like seeing that I'm not real happy with, you know, I'm getting a little aggressive with here. And then all of a sudden, miraculously, he's got to be pulled out and, and taken on air. This is the number two or three guy in the Senate in the middle of the housing crisis. When the Democrats controlled the Senate, he couldn't deliver the bacon for his home state uh, 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 during the housing crisis. And, and it was like I, I was talking to him like, what, what are, you, are you kidding me? How, you know, how is it bad? It's horrible. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was not in the room. I was in the room. Okay. And so you can just, believe me or not right, with uh, your, with your, with your mask on. There. Okay. I'm telling you right uh, now. So I can't, I, it's a hundred percent true. Guys okay. strike me dead right now. Uh, if I'm lying. But, uh, uh, Durbin good Democrat okay. and, uh, you know, stands up to Trump. Oh, here we go. Uh, and, uh, uh, I'm going to vote for him again. I'm happy for you. You're going to vote for Willie Wilson? Wilson. Okay. I love Willie. All right. Willie Wilson. Here you go. I love Willie Wilson. Wilson. Who, by the way, is a a frequent guest in this show. I I love him. I think he's great. Uh, Yeah. He believes, he wants reparations, which I I support him on that. Uh, Do you support him on reparations? I I, I support Willie Wilson. I think he's great. How about on reparations? reparations? I I don't know how you're going to determine that, but. Well, that's the number one plank in his platform. And now you're saying you don't know if you, you say you support him 100%. I need to find out more about the reparations. 
question of what his stance on. Wait, you, you know? just said you support him 100%. Now yes, you say if, if he supports reparations, I support reparations. All right, so there I you go. I think he's great. Okay. I think he's great because okay. he doesn't take any crap and he tells it like it is. Well, I don't know how much he tells it like it is because he supports reparations, which I say, Willie, I'm with you 100% of reparations. And then he says, well, I'm for... Uh, the, how are you going to determine you gonna determine that? that I'm for, right. No, he says, I'm for the Trump tax cut. I go, well, Willie, how are you going to pay for the reparations? Right. If, okay, I'm for reparations. And the Trump tax cut has been proven hasn't worked. Yeah, it hasn't worked, but you still need money. If you're going to give out money, David Hochberg, you got to have money. I fully understand. So uh, I'm I'm, I'm thinking it's not much different conversation than the one you have. I think he's fascinating, though. Willie Wilson, by the way, is a great great guest for for having me on your show. Sure. Uh, I'd love to have Willie Willie Wilson Wilson on your show. show. But I. uh, I, 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 I Home sweet home, Chicago. Yeah. I was. um, I'm just. My sense is that uh, Willie Wilson cannot get elected uh, senator in the state of Illinois. Uh, and it's going to be t- difficult for him to make the sure. ballot, although I do believe in open ballots. All right. Uh, it, uh, we've gone over our time for you, oh, Mr. Hockberg. So let's ask get- him about casinos. I think they're great. Uh, before I want to ask him about his get his predictions uh, on the... Uh, the Bulls will win 10 games. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm writing this the Bulls down. maybe will win wait. 12. And you owe me a. Uh, I do owe you. I'll be you got fired. You still owe me a pastrami sandwich <laughs> at. Uh, pastrami yeah, at. Uh, we made a bet last time. Where, and, where, uh, where's that place over on uh, on Roosevelt? Uh, uh, Manny's. Manny's Deli. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just uh, yeah. You owe me a corned beef yeah, pastrami sandwich with okay. the latke and, uh, and uh, matzo ball soup. I won the last year though. Yeah, and I brought you a. I brought yes, you a corned beef sandwich, didn't yes, I? You did. You, all right, so uh, you were reneged on your. All right, so just so you know, the Bulls. Your bet. Well, I haven't reneged. I haven't officially reneged. We haven't delivered little while all oh, right yeah. i'd like to see you eat a corned beef sandwich with that goofy thing no i there. don't think i could all right how many how many games do you think the Bulls? 12 they're horrible 12 they're horrible all right i'm gonna make you a bet you would right be a now. better point guard than anybody okay, on that team you, Hockberg- the blackhawks win more games again this year than the chicago bulls all right how many do the blackhawks win the blackhawks will win probably 43 probably 43 45 all right and the bears the bears will go 11 and 5 and, and we'll crush the Packers on Thursday night. Okay. And uh, will they 11 to 5 is good enough to make the playoffs? 11 to 5 will win the division and they'll be in the championship game of the uh, NFC. And they'll lose. They won't, will not make it to I this. did not say that. I said they will be in the championship game. So you, you're holding off on your prediction. I, I think if, if Trubisky uh, grows and matures and becomes a better quarterback and identifies open receivers downfield and the receivers and he gets the ball to them. They have talented receivers. They've upgraded their receiver core. They've upgraded their backfield. They've got a great line. It's on him. Okay. And uh, let's see. They have a great defense, a phenomenal defense. Those guys are animals. Uh, all right. And those guys are ready to knock some heads. It's going right. to be awesome to watch that defense. And Cubs? Cubs, I, I got a bad feeling about the Cubs. I, I Too many mistakes. Great team, very talented team. I, I just think they've blown too many opportunities to run away with this thing. And hopefully in the next 25, 30 games, they can pull it together and go on a 10, 15 game run. Zobris is back, you know, veteran leadership. Uh, Rizzo's back. He's healthy. Uh, you're getting your catcher back. Uh, Contreras. Contreras, he's yeah. an animal. He's a great baseball player. And, you know, you've got all the assets there. You just got to play. You just got to freaking get some runs yeah. and give your pitcher some support. White Sox are a hot mess. Uh, so forget uh, about them. I love the White Sox. I know you do, yeah, but they're yeah, a disaster. They're, they're doing well. So I say the Cubs are going to make uh, the playoffs. You think they'll make it? Yes, I do. Second wild card or third or, or first place? Uh, I think they can catch St. Louis. You think they can catch 
about. It's going to be know. a great, great end of the year. Yeah, they play St. Louis seven to ten times. Yeah, last, so I mean, yeah, that's it. That's it. They, that's your season. They could, they could catch St. Louis. Uh, you go on a run. And, you, go on uh, a, you start I think burning. The Bears it. will make the playoffs. I think the Bears will be in the NFC Championship, but they will not make the Super Bowl. Okay. And I think my beloved Bulls will win the championship and will be celebrating. What year? Park. Two thousand forty-seven. <laughs> two thousand year two thousand, and uh, I'll reserve you a spot at the front. You have to the admit, there, it's just it's been a disappointing season. It's been is a that big, the you, is that your uh, Blackhawks thing on your phone? Yeah. Okay. Well, here we go. Yeah. Hold on. Is that oh, a bulls on your hat? <laughs> Yeah, Excellent podcasting here. It's great. It's great uh, visual for a podcast. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's a, it's I'm going to go home. Off the road into, uh, into I'm going to go home and take some uh, painkillers and go back to bed uh, because this stuff is working. Are you awake right now? Uh, yeah, I am awake. This is a great show. Uh, I, am, I am totally awake. And uh, somehow or other, I've made it through this show. I don't know how I did that. I couldn't have done it without my good friend, Dr. D, over there. Uh, David Hochberg, Atibu Buchanan. Uh, thank you very much for coming in. Uh, by the way, you know what they call him back home? in Alton, Illinois? They call Me? Him? Yes. Oh. They, you know what they call him back home in Alton? The Alton? guy that does the strip club commercials? Yes. The guy does... Hey. They call him White Lightning. Good job, Dr. D. Nice Give yourself job. a raise. Take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. Hey, and remember, you can download previous Ben Jaromsky shows and Benny J bonus interviews at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites. Chicago.suntimes.com forward slash pages forward slash Jaromsky chicagoreader.com and wherever else you download podcasts downloaders we live stream this program tuesdays through fridays one until 3 p.m central time at both chicago sun times and chicago reader websites the chicago sun times youtube channel and on facebook find us at benny j show b-e-n-n-y the letter j show once we hit 2,000 likes, we will have our next caption contest. Head over to the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook page. Give us a like if you've yet to. We will see you all tomorrow.